Hello and welcome everybody to the 13th episode. And I'd like to thank everybody for sending in their suggestions and their ideas. And I'd like to thank Joe for this week's subject. Well, let's just say that we all have experienced a form of it at some point in our lives. If not for long periods, then for short moments, even only for a few seconds. Now, no matter how short our experience has been, it will have left an impression on us. So what am I talking about? Now, let me give you a quote that may introduce the subject. During COVID-19, this pandemic has put many people's social lives on hold, leaving them at a greater risk of isolation. So isolation is the theme or topic or subject for this episode. Now, there are many forms of isolation, but there are three main categories, physical, emotional and social. Now, the physical isolation speaks for itself. This is where we are separated from others physically. Whereas being emotionally separated from people is a form of internal place in us where it can be real or perceived by an individual. A person who feels isolated may also experience a form of low self-esteem. Now, isolation is very different to solitude, which is a simple way or state of being alone. There is social isolation, where there is the absence of our social relationships. Now, this is different, as I said earlier, from solitude, which can be chosen or forced and can be healthy or unhealthy. Social isolation is described a lot around an unwanted or often harmful experience. So, for example, you may experience this social isolation if you're avoiding social interaction due to shame or depression, spending long periods of time alone, experiencing anxiety or fear of abandonment at the very thought of social interaction, having a limited or superficial social contact, lacking some professional or social relationship, developing distress or loneliness. And then we have emotional isolation. And this usually happens when we're unwilling or unable to share our emotions with another person. You may only talk about superficial things like the weather or what you're doing in your job or what you're doing for others. When you do this and you don't have emotional support, you may shut down or feel numb inside. Emotional isolation can also happen if you are isolated socially. Now we all need relationships in our life, especially for our well-being. Some relationships can trigger negative feelings and thoughts. And emotional isolation can be used as a defence mechanism in order to protect us from distress. So what's the difference between isolation, solitude 
and loneliness. Although they're very similar, they are distinct in their own way, especially around the meaning. For example, isolation is characterized as a lack of social relationships or lacking in emotional support. Loneliness, however, is a craving we have for social contact. This is also linked quite closely to sadness and or emptiness, whereas solitude is a state of being alone. Now, when we spend time alone, it is not a bad thing, not always. It can, in fact, be very healthy. Now, the time that we do spend alone, it can be very beneficial because it can bring us closer to our inner self. It can also help us to reconnect with our feelings, our goals, and more importantly, our needs. Now, we know that most introverts require more solitude than extroverts because they may feel very drained of energy when there's too much social interaction, while extroverts would need more of social contact to feel fully energised. So what feels good for one person may in fact make another person feel isolated and lonely. So what are the physical effects of isolation on a person? Let me say first that there's been a lot of studies done on the link between isolation, loneliness and our physical health. And what a lot of them have found include and what a lot of them have discovered is that there are high levels of stress hormones and inflammation. That there can be a higher rate of heart disease, which also includes high blood pressure and coronary heart disease. That there is a higher risk of developing a disability. And that there is an increase of vulnerability to chronic illness such as diabetes. In fact, some have actually gone as far as to suggest that social isolation could be the cause of an increase of premature death in some. So what about our mental health? Well, we know that isolation can and does increase depression, which can bring its own issues. However, it can also increase the risk of dementia, low self-esteem and anxiety. And we also know that each of these can have a catch-22 issue. Let me give you an example. Say if I'm feeling isolated and I get depressed. This depression will make me feel isolated and therefore my depression deepens. And it goes on then that the depression will make me feel even worse and further isolated. And therefore the cycle then begins all over again until we become overwhelmed by it. And this, as we know, can have devastating results, especially with suicide. So let me ask you all a question. How many of you over the past year have felt isolated, either physically or emotionally or both? I would imagine that anyone listening to this has felt some form of isolation over the last year. So how can we help ourselves in the present climate? We don't know 
how long this pandemic is going to last or our restrictions, which level we're on, whether we're going to be able to travel. What I would like to suggest is this. Let's change the language around it. I heard recently a way of talking about um, social distancing and it suggested this. Why not change the wording? So instead of saying social distancing, why not say physical distancing? Because although we are apart physically, it doesn't mean that we're not still connected. And maybe even go a little bit further and begin to think along the lines of what we're really doing is distant socialising. Because we can phone, text, email, use Zoom, WhatsApp video, all just to say hello, how are you? Chat with friends, share your emotions with those you trust. Because talking to someone else helps us to feel less alone and more supported. And with all the kids at home from school and some partners or both partners working from home, this gives us a chance to spend more quality time with each other. Maybe take some time to play together, do puzzles, board games, bake together, do some activities that you hadn't time for in the past have some real relaxed conversations with each other. Now I'm very conscious that we all need physical contact with people but in the restrictions that we're in and we don't know when it's going to end we have to change our behavior we have to change how we see things how we think about things how we communicate one of the biggest suggestions I can make is stop listening or watching the news. Give yourself a time away from the 24 hour onslaught of negative news. Try looking or listening to your local radio news or what's happening in your local area. And if you must listen or watch a news, try to limit your time to say an hour a day or even, you know, Check in with the headlines throughout the day. Now, another way of dealing with isolation is to try changing your mindset. Practice gratitude, mindfulness. If you are constantly in a negative future, it will cause anxiety. Try telling yourself, I'll make it through this, instead of telling yourself, I'll never be normal again. Use the slow pace and free time to get busy. Take up a new hobby or take up an old hobby that you've let go. Learn a new language. Do something that will give you a sense of purpose and accomplishment. Try doing something that you have not done in a while or have been putting off like your paperwork. Try getting up and going outdoors. Fresh air and nature can help you release the feel-good chemicals in your brain. And this in turn will boost your mood. 
so go take a walk. And if it's raining, bring a coat, your wellies and a hat. Maybe you could offer to deliver food to people who can't get out or leave home, like an elderly neighbour or friend. Maybe do their shopping for them. I suppose what I'm inviting you to do is to take action. To take control where you have control. And I'm not talking about taking control over another person, but of yourself. Now is not the time to sit back and let the world and your life fly past you. Try having a daily routine. And this may include six to eight hours sleep at night. Have a regular wake up time. Do some exercises. Learn to relax. Try some breathing exercises, yoga or meditation. Or even stretching. Write a book about what you're interested in. Write some poetry, a song. Do what is necessary to help your mind to stay active. That is what's necessary at this moment in time. Choosing to do nothing is not helpful for your mental health. We know that isolation can cause so many different behaviours, thought patterns that are negative. So before it gets to that point, change your action, change your behaviour, change your thinking. Don't allow the isolation to take control of your life. We all have the ability to be creative. So let's start to use that creativity in our life with the people that are next to us. And even if we're alone, find ways to communicate with the outside world. It's up to each of us, our responsibility to take control of our lives, to create an environment that is supportive, that is helpful, that is creative, that is workable, that is beneficial. Because if it's beneficial to us as individuals, it will benefit those around us and the wider community. Stay safe. Stay well. Namaste.